and welcome back to my channel, Freedom by Faith Ministry. I'm Dr. Pamela Noel. And today we're going to continue our series on autism. And we're going to talk about autism, but this can be applied to a lot of other different um, mental disorders or learning disabilities or speech delays or mutism. Um, the Bible reveals so many things about diseases that we medicate, you know, in our world. Um, but without tapping into the spiritual reasoning behind some of the things that we suffer or our children suffer through, we're not going to have very much victory, right? And so God put in my heart to do this talk. It's a very difficult one for me, actually, um, because, you know, I have a son who has autism and he's improved significantly, but it's still a journey that we're still on, right? And so it's a very difficult situation, but I know that God works all things for good. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about even in difficult situations, how can we see good in it? So Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to take over this talk and to not allow my opinion, my feelings to get in the, in the way. Help me to take my flesh to the side and allow you to be the one to speak through me to your children so that anyone who's suffering from any mental disorders or learning disabilities or have children who are suffering from these things, that they may be um, enlightened, that they may be, um, that you may reveal to them, to us today, you know, how to really see victory in that situation. So we thank you, Father. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to, to teach us today the things that we need to know. Help me to teach through your word what your children need to hear and to learn from today in the name of Jesus. So I thank you again for, for joining me. Today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. How do we approach God with a thankful heart in a situation that is very difficult, right? It's very hard to thank someone for something you don't want. Like, for example, if somebody gives you a gift that you really want and you really enjoy, it's very easy to thank that person for that gift because that's why we thank people, because they're giving us something that we want, right? But the Bible doesn't say to thank God for what we want. Like, it doesn't say that. Right. And so we have this thing in Christianity where we're asking God for something and we thank him when we get it. Right. So when we receive from God what we want, that's when we thank God. And there's no verse in scripture that says to thank God for the good things we want from him. You know, so we're going to talk about that. Right. How do we how do we thank God? How do you thank God? Right. And I've heard people say which sounds good, which is still wrong, actually, that when you're in a hard situation, a very difficult trial that you're going through, that we ought to, to not focus on those negative things and just thank God for all the good things that he's done. That's what I've heard. And that's not what the Bible says either, right? And so many, many, many years ago, over 10 years now, I have practiced thanking God even for the bad situations that I end up in, right? Because when you read the Bible, it's, it's very clear, God's desires, and we don't do them because they don't sound right, right? It doesn't make sense, some of the things that the Bible says, right? But the Bible doesn't say to obey the words of God that make sense to us, right? If you really want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord, to see the miracles that we're praying about, we ought to follow God's ways, right? So the verses in scripture are written for a reason. They're not written just for our enjoyment or entertainment or just so we can say we have a Bible. God writes in scripture um, with the expectation that we will obey him, 
right? So we don't obey God when we understand if you really want to have power, authority, and to have confidence, fearlessness, right? To walk this life in complete confidence, knowing that your life is in the hands of God, you must live a way that is pleasing to the Lord, which requires that we obey his demands, even when we don't understand or agree with it. Right. And so many years ago, I had started a practice of thanking God even for the bad situations. And we're going to look at that right now. So the idea of complaining about a situation, that is not how we pray. We don't complain. The Bible is very clear that God hates complaining, complaining. He hates it. Right. Oh, but in this situation, God understands. No, he hates complaining in any situation. Right. So there's a verse that says, do everything in life, do everything uh, without complaining or arguing so when we don't like something we either complain about it or we argue about it and oh but that god understand no you are in your flesh it is not the will of god that we complain or argue about things we also pray instead right and complaining to god we're going to see right now that that's that's not praying right so if you're complaining to god constantly about something you are not actually praying to him okay so we're going to look at that and so <clears throat> When you, let's say you're visiting a country. I don't know what country still calls their leader a king. But let's say you, you go to some African nation, for example, and they have a king in power. And you need to talk to the king, right? How do you approach royalty, right? Isn't it true that every nation has a certain customs? They have certain ways that um, are put in place in, before you can actually approach royalty or the people that are in power, whether it's a president or a prime minister or the queen of England, let's say, who she's passed away. But I'm sure you can't just roll up on a queen just any kind of way, right? So every nation has customs and rules and regulations on how you're supposed to dress before royalty. Do you curtsy? Do you bow? Like some Asian nations, you have to you bow as a sign of respect, you know, or do shake hands. Like what is the customs of that culture, right? So you have to respect the culture of nations when it comes to how you address people, especially people that are in power or in royalty, for example, right? So we're going to find out that God actually has customs and how we approach him also. Right. And so we don't roll up on a king any kind of way. Just these are the list of my commands, my demands. And this is what I expect God to do. I'm going to pray about these things and complain about them. Right. So we're going to see exactly how does God respond and what is the customs, the regulations that God has put in place before we can approach him because he's the king above all kings. Right. And so if if royalty walks into a room, everybody stands up. That is the custom in that nation. Right. And we're going to obey it because we because people who are in authority deserve respect um, and honor. Right. How much more does God uh, deserve? Right. How much more respect and honor do we give God, who is the king above all kings? Jesus is the king above all kings of the earth and the kings and the princes of the demonic realm. Jesus is above them. Right. So he's above all kings, whether it's spiritual or, or earthly kings. Right. So if Jesus has custom on how we approach him, we should obey those too. Right. Because we, we obey the authorities of this world. Right. We must obey God because he's above them. How much more should we obey his his uh, regulations on how we approach 
him as king, right? So let's look at Psalm 105 and find out how do we enter the presence of God when we go to pray to him, right? So we're going to read Psalm 100, 3 and 4. It says, acknowledge that the Lord is God. <clears throat> he made us and we are his we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Right? So if a king lives in a palace or in a castle, let's say, right? And, and, the, and the, what surrounds this castle or palace are gates, right? And when you enter through the gates, you're, you're now in the courts. You're, you're in the court, like the courtyard, for example. You're in the courts of that palace, right? So before you even enter the, the, the place where the king lives in the palace, you have to go through the gate first, right? And you have to get through the courts next, right? So from a spiritual perspective, right, how do we approach God when we go to him in prayer? Do you just roll up on God any kind of way, just, just bust through those gates and courts, and like, hey, king, I, I got to talk to you. Like, how do you do that? You see what I'm saying? And so the key, thank you, Jesus, the key to open up the gates through get to the court and then get through the courts to get to, to the king require, number one, it says enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's the key. Meditate on that for a second. Right? You can't just, you, you can't just bust through the gates of a palace where a king lives. Right? You, need to, you need a key to open up that gate first. Right? And so the key to open up the gate to get through, to get to the courts and to get past those, the first thing is to thank God. First, to thank God first. Right? So David is saying, I believe it's David's talking, I, I think it's David. Um, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So that means if you're not thanking God, you cannot have access to his presence. Right. And it says to go into the. So now you have the keys to open up the gates. Now you have to walk through the courts to get to the palace. Right. So to get into the court, we praise him. We praise him first. So if we're asking for the presence of God in any situation, if you're not thanking and praising him, you cannot get into the to the presence of God. Right. And so when we're anxious and worried and we're fighting and we're constantly in angst about a situation, like how do we invite God into that situation? It requires thanking him first, right? And also praising him. But we don't practice that because we're in our flesh, we want our, our way, and we're fighting to get our way. We're fighting for God to answer us, to make something better go away. And we're not even into his presence. We, we can't enter into his presence until we thank God and praise him. Those are the re regulations that he requires, like the kings of this earth have requirements for how you can approach them, right? You can't just walk up on a king in any nation and think you're just gonna have a conversation with him, like, hey, this is what I want, you know, I need you to do this, 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 you know, hit me up in another week and see where we at. We don't do that with kings of this earth, but we do that with God constantly. And he's, he's the king above the kings that we respect in this earth. Right. And so for God, the regulations that he requires are to thank him first and to praise him. And to praise him. 
right? And so we're going to look at um, two more verses about why it's so important to thank God. So the next one is going to be uh, Philippians 4, which is another one of my favorite passages that I meditate on almost every day. And we've talked about this previously, actually. Paul's in prison suffering, right? He's in prison suffering. And he says in verse 6 of chapter 4 in the book of Philippians, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Notice it doesn't say thank God for all the good things he has done. It says thank God for all he has done. God does all things. All things. Right? So Paul is in prison. He's not asking God to get him out of prison. He's telling us, he's writing letters to the church of Philippi of people who are not in prison. He's writing letters to encourage them to thank God for all he has done. Right? Notice he's not trying to get out of prison, trying to fight to get God to, to get him out somehow. He's asking us to be a people who practice thankfulness for all things, right? And before that, in verse four, he says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Notice he's not saying have joy when things are happening your way, when God answers your prayers, right? We ought to thank God and rejoice always, he said, right? This is a, a man who's in prison, who's being beaten, almost drowned, and he went through so much sufferings in his ministry and he didn't complain about it because he knows God does not respond to complaining. Even if you think you have a legitimate reason to complain, the very fact that you're complaining is why God is not going to answer that question or that prayer. Because there's no verse that says, I answer the prayers of those who complain all the time. There's no verse for that person. Right? And so we want to approach God in a humble servant heart. And if we want God to respond, we have to go to God and follow the regulations of what we need to approach him as king. Right? And Paul is saying, be, always be full of joy in the Lord, in verse 4 and 6, he says, instead of praying, instead of, I'm sorry, instead of uh, worrying, pray. Which means you can't do both. It's not worry and pray. No, it's instead of worrying, we pray instead, right? And he said to thank God for all he has done. And verse 7 says, only then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. So God's peace comes to those who thank him for all he has done. And God has done all things, right? So if you think about Joseph, who when he was 17 years old, God gave him a dream that his entire family would bow before him. That was a dream that God gave him. But his brothers um, threw him in a pit because of their jealousy of him and the relationship he had with their father and, and also the fact that he actually told them the dream that one day you all of you are going to bow to me. And they didn't like that, obviously. Right. So he was thrown into a pit, went to uh, he was sold into slavery for many years, then went to prison for something he never did before he was actually raised up out of prison to become the governor over the entire nation of Egypt. Right. But but the dream that God gave him was only that people bowed to him, and that his family bowed to him actually when he when he was um finally governor I think it was like 13 years later that this happened 
right? So God never told him the 13-year journey that he would go on before he actually became a governor that everyone would bow to, right? But the series of events that happened was, were all part of God's plan. That was all part of God's sovereign plan that his jealous brothers would sell him into slavery, that he would then go on to be in prison. He would interpret a dream for a cupbearer and a baker, right? Pharaoh would then have a dream that only he would be able to interpret. Like all of that, you can't plan that. You can't plan that. So God planned everything that happened to him, even the unfair treatment that his brothers committed against him to get him to be sold into slavery. But that was the journey that God took him on before he could be raised up to be governor of, of Egypt, right? And so we don't understand or like the journey that we're in, but God has a reason and a sovereign plan for it. And Joseph didn't understand that because th that was not part of the dream, that he would become a slave and then a prisoner. None of that was in the dream. Right. So even if we don't understand what God is doing or why he's doing it, the fact that he's God and he's sovereign and he's the one behind all things, we ought to thank him anyway. Right. So I was thanking God for my son's autism for many years before I, I understood. And I do have a better understanding why he has autism now, which I'll get to in later videos. But there's a sovereign reason why my son has this spirit that won't leave him. Like, there is a reason for that. Right. And so we don't understand these things because we're not humbling ourselves before the Lord to receive revelation about the situation. Like we learned in the last video in Psalm 25, that God teaches those who obey his commands. Right. Those who fear the Lord. Those are the ones that God teaches. And fearing the Lord means that you're going to obey these verses, even if you don't understand it. Right. So a parent who's going to thank God for a child's disability doesn't make any sense. But if you want to have a life of victory, which requires humility and obedience to God's word, you're going to thank God for everything, even if the things we don't like. So it's not like I'm just going to thank God for all the good things he has done and then I'm just going to ignore the bad things. I'm not going to I'm not going to look at those bad things. I'm not going to complain about them because that's bad, but I'm, I'm just not going to speak on those. Right. And I've heard people say that. And that's not what the Bible says either. It doesn't say when you're in a bad situation. Thank God for the good things that he's done over here and just kind of like ignore the bad things until God gets rid of it, until God takes care of it. That, that's not in the word. It says to thank God for all he has done. Right. So it was God's plan for Joseph to be in slavery. We don't like that. That doesn't sound good. Slavery is bad. Right. But that, that's what God used to humble him. There's a verse somewhere. I don't remember exactly that says if you want to be if you want to be. I'm not saying this right, but it's some that, something to the effect of if you want to be great, you have to be, first become a servant. But if you want to be the first, you must first become a slave, which means the higher up you go, you must first be the lowest, right? So if you want to be great, you have to first become a servant. But if you want to be number one, you must be at the very bottom first to be a slave, right? And I believe it's in Colossians. I believe it's in Colossians where it says that Jesus took up the humble position of a slave and died a criminal's death. And therefore, at the name of Jesus, now every knee must bow, right? Therefore, God raised his name to be above every name, right? So for Jesus' name to be above every name and for him to be, to be in, in glory, he was lifted up in glory. He took the position of a slave first, right? He took a humble position of a slave. He was a servant first. And then now his name is in glory right now, right? So that is the way God operates. Right. So we don't like that. We don't like the suffering, the humility that we have to go through. Humiliation, I should say sometimes. But God has a sovereign plan for it. 
and we ought to thank him even if we don't understand it, right? And so that was one of the lessons I learned throughout my journey with my son is that I had, I had to thank God for it, even though I didn't understand it at that time. And we're going to talk about that in the next videos, that there was a powerful um, testimony that had come from my journey with my son and his autism, right? So I think it's really important that we continue to live out our life being obedient to God's word and thanking God, even for the things we don't like. We don't want to see things, certain things happen in our lives, but because he's sovereign, like we need to practice having an attitude of thankfulness because only then will we experience the joy of seeing miracles happen, of, of seeing sicknesses go and demons, you know, fleeing from us. We must have an attitude of humility first. So we're going to stop here. Actually, let's see here. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that next time. So thank you again for joining me. I'm going to pray for all of you. And I hope, I hope that, you know, if these videos can be used by, by God to instruct some of you who have children or family members who are suffering with any mental illnesses or um, disabilities or speech disorders or whatever the situation may be, that God can use these teachings to help kind of open up some of his children's eyes to see that he's the answer for that situation. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the revelation of thanking you for all things, no matter how situ the situation might look in the natural, knowing that you have a sovereign plan. We thank you, God, that because you're faithful to, to your word, we can trust you and we thank you, God, that you have given us this truth that we didn't know before. That is it important to you for us to gain access to your, to your presence, that we must enter the gates with one key that's called thankfulness. To go through your courts before we get to the palace, to be in your dwelling place, we must praise you. So we thank you, God. We ask you to teach us to thank you and to praise you in a situation that may look bad in the natural, knowing that you have a sovereign and perfect plan for good. In the name of Jesus, thank you again for joining me. I'll see you again next time. How old are you? See, I am six years old. How old are you, Ori? I am six years old. What is your name? My name is Ori. See, my name is Ori.
Are you ready to step into your calling and destroy fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety? In Our Victory, God's Glory, author Pamela Noel describes the stop and do nothing else principle that was used by some of the most powerful people in Scripture, including David, Moses, Peter, and Daniel. This You Can't Help Yourself book reveals that success in every area of your life lies in one name. Our Victory, God's Glory was written to support Haiti's elite medical team, a Haitian-American-owned, not-for-profit organization that provides healthcare services to the poor in Haiti. Proceeds from the sale of this book will help support our efforts. The ultimate goal is to build a hospital and provide much-needed medical care services currently unavailable to those with limited access to quality health care. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.